0: lessons not learned in blood are soon forgotten This is the Dynasty Zone, The People's Dynasty Podcast and here are your hosts Memphis at DFF Memphis and Jerry at Jerry Sin
1: DFF Are you looking for a reminder of your fantasy football greatness? Are you looking for something to set your league apart from those dime-a-dozen jabroni leagues out there? Then head over to TrophySmack.com and hook your league up with the best trophies in the game today. And not only will you get the best trophies in the game today, you can get a free championship ring up to a $59.99 value by entering in the promo code DWZ ring you pick out your trophy which one do you like you put it in the cart you add the ring to the cart you add the promo code DWZ ring makes the ring free and your league is now a step above the league down the street so if you're looking for the best you want to be the best in the game you want to have the best league in town go over to trophysmack.com get that trophy get that ring use that code DWZ ring and let's have a big season What's happening, guys? Happy Friday, and welcome to the Dynasty Warzone, the People's Dynasty podcast. And today's topic is going to be post-free agency buys. Now, we did sells on Wednesday. If you haven't listened, go back to your podcast queue and find Wednesday's show with Izzy Alkafos of the Dynasty Trade Calculator. Izzy was a fascinating guest and did a great job of explaining his reasons for sales. There is no Jerry tonight. We are Jerry Short. He is much more essential than I am, and he was unable to jump in. But Jerry will be back around soon. He will be back for Monday's Patreon and next Wednesday's normal show. And speaking of the Patreon, man, it has been great. We will soon have testimonials. Of the actual current members of the patreon telling you it's one thing for me to tell you what we think we're giving people over at the patreon but it's going to be a completely other thing for you to hear live testimonials of the people in the group chat getting help from Jerry and I going to be a complete revamp of the patreon soon so if you want to get in on the ground floor I would suggest heading over to patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone and check out what it's all about. Gonna warn you, you know, this one's not as long as the show on Wednesday with Izzy. The Wednesday show was about 80 minutes. Now today's show, I'm cutting this open after I have already had my conversation with Shane. So this one's going to be right at about an hour. But with the guest lineup that we have for you over the course of the next few weeks leading up to the draft... You're going to want us to leave the record button on. So bear with us as these things can creep up to 90 minutes at times. And continue to head over to iTunes. You know, while you're sheltering in place, go over to your podcast queue again. Leave us a a rating and review, a little five-star. We love the Apple ones, but we'll take them anywhere you can get it. And make sure you subscribe. If you want to continue to hear guys like Izzy, like Ray GQ a couple of weeks ago, Angelo, Nick Whalen. Kane, just just so many people that have joined us over the last few weeks. Mark Schofield, J.P. Hurley. I mean, it, the list goes on and on and on. And our guest list, I'll put it up against anyone doing Dynasty and Fantasy podcast right now. Just come get some is, is, is all I got to say. So make sure you're subscribing, and we'll continue our best to bring you, guaranteed every single Wednesday, each and every week, there will be a Dynasty Warzone in your podcast queue. We've done that for almost 100 plus weeks at this point. But we've been doing a lot of extra Friday stuff, and we've got a lot more up these sleeves as the season rolls on. Make sure I call out our social media, at Dynasty Warzone on both Instagram and Twitter, and I actually posted both a story and a pic on Insta this week, so uh, I will do a much better job of jumping over there more often as I can. And the last thing I want to talk about before I bring in Shane is a new collab that I'm doing with the gang over at the Dynasty Happy Hour. As many of you know, uh, not only has he been a guest on this show, but Tyler Gunther is a good friend, and he reached out to me about doing a show called the Dynasty Happy Hour Contractor. Now, I have already put my Superflex rankings for this year's class in two spots. You can get them on our Patreon, again, patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone, Or you can get them on the members-only side of the DynastyHappyHour.com. So again, Tyler and I have a good friendship, a good working relationship. And he's like, man, do do a podcast called The Contractor. And what that is, is I will work with you the same way you would hire a contractor to work on your home. Same way you would hire a mechanic to work on your car. It's not going to cost you anything, which is the good thing. At least not in the way that you think that it would. You will reach out to me. I will try to get one person, uh, at least one a week, that might be pushing it. But with us sheltering in place, I'll do my level best to get to as many as I can. Because it's going to be a lot of work, especially for me. And the way that this will work is I will send you out a questionnaire. I need you to fill this thing out. And while you're filling out the questionnaire, you're going to send me a link to either your sleeper, MFL, whatever platform you're using to host your Dynasty League. And I'm going to peruse around I'm going to see what am I working with. What does your roster look like? What does your draft capital look like? What does your league mates look like? And then once I get the questionnaire back and I've done my quote unquote analysis of your team, we're going to jump on a Skype call and we're going to talk about some strategies. We're going to talk about what do I think that we can do? How can I help you? And I'm going to tailor all this based off of the questionnaire that you fill out. So a really cool thing, if you're interested in that, all you got to do is head over to at DFF Memphis and slide my DMs. Guys, I, I don't want to put myself over too strong like I'm the uh, world's busiest guy, but I, uh, I am still essential, and I do go to work every day, and I take great pride in giving my company exactly what they pay me to do. So if I don't get to you right away, I will. I've already got a couple of people who know about this from the Twitter post, that are already interested, but we should be able to knock out one a week. If you want to know how you can partake, again, head over to at Memphis, slide my DMs, and we'll chat it up. All right, enough uh, fooling around. I'm going to bring on my buddy, Shane Hallam. You can find Shane on Twitter, at Shane P. Hallam. Let's talk to this man. All right. Tonight, joining me is one of my favorite guests of all time, and I always feel bad. It feels like I'm I'm cheating on Jerry, like I intentionally have this person on when Jerry's busy doing other stuff, but I truly enjoy tonight's guest's insight, his level of detail, his honesty in which he communicates about these rookies, and most importantly, his friendship. He and I have gotten to know each other pretty well over the last couple of seasons, and just someone I absolutely love talking football with. His name is Shane Hallam and Shane is the go-to for all things college NFL and fantasy football related type stuff over at fakepigskin.com. Shane, welcome back to the show.
0: It's always a pleasure. We always have a good time, you know. I I am I'm, 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 I'm starting to think that maybe maybe Jerry uh, you know, Jerry disappeared or something because every time I come on he's not here. So I don't know, maybe maybe he's just just out there in the ether somewhere.
1: Well, he, he is considered essential in the great state of Michigan, and, you. and that's good, man. We'll talk about that in just a second, but anyone in the day and age where I think last week's unemployment report came out and 3.3 3 million people are out of work, much like Jerry, I'm happy to be considered essential and, and heading out to work. So no, uh, I don't think that he's caught on to the fact that I continue to have people on looking for maybe a permanent co-host. But no, I'm 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 kidding. We we love having you on, but but Jerry will always be the man of the hour, Absolutely. and the, the man with the power. He does feel bad. He would love to be here for some of these bonuses. He's actually cursing me for not doing a better job of planning them further in advance. You know, he missed the Mark Schofield show. He missed the J P Hurley show. He's missed the show with you twice. I've gotten the what for from Jerry behind the scenes. So what's going on with you? Um, I know you recently completed a startup. A little bit of Debbie action.
0: Yeah, yeah, we kind of did a, a massive. Um, we did a massive startup with tight end premium, Debbie, Superflex. You know, twelve teams, and uh, the, the fun part about it was that you could draft. You know, obviously all the rookies were in the startup, and then um, you could draft the Debbie picks. So we'll have the Debbie draft in May. But you could draft, you know, the one one and the one two, and um, whenever you wanted to. So maybe for some interesting strategies, some different strategies, and trading out. Uh, yeah, startup startups is just a, a good time. Um, so I enjoy doing them, especially in this this kind of downtime. But when when the season starts and you have to manage all those lineups and waivers, sometimes I'm regretting it. But uh, no, that's that's really what I've been into, you know, in the FFPC, making cuts on my dynasty teams and. Just uh, just prepping, hoping that the draft happens on time and everything goes smoothly with that, and we can get all the stuff kicked off.
1: According to Hare uh, Goodell, everything is going along as plans with the draft. It's still the twenty third to the twenty fifth, whether the GMs or anyone else likes it or not. There, there's going to be a draft, which is great news for us. And I know a lot of people are down on that because of what's going on in the world, but you know, from what I see from my perspective, is it's business. You know, these networks, ESPN, CBS, Fox Sports, these networks need content. They need content badly. And the NFL is the one right now that can give them days, if not weeks, of content just by doing things like free agency. I know in May, they're going to release the schedule. You know, the draft will go on. You have to understand, this gives... The Dan Patricks, the Colin Cowherds, the Fox Sports radios, the ESPN talking head shows—it gives them something to talk about. This is their business, and this is their business partner. So I completely, completely understand why they're do- why they're doing it and and what they're doing. There was a great article from Jet—not an g- article, but the article was written in relation to the comments from Jeff Pash. That's P-A-S-H. He is the He's a, a high-ranking executive with the NFL. I read it in the LA Times about how he thinks the season will go on as scheduled. But forget about the NFL and corona and quarantine. How are you ha- hanging out, man? You're, you you staying safe? You social distancing over there? Yeah, we're, we're
0: good. Me and my wife are holed up in our house. You know, we, uh, we, we, we Zoom and Google Hangout with the family, so I'm good. We're both teachers, so... I guess essential enough to keep working uh, remotely. So it's been a, it's been an experience for sure uh, working in that way. But no, man, I'm feeling good. How How about you? Are you, you you holding up all right or uh, got a hold of you there?
1: No, I, I I'm a creature of habit. I, I'm a big I'm big on routine, and so I've spent a few, I've spent a few bucks. And right before the shelter in place order happened, I happened to get enough gym stuff to make do. Uh, my wife is friends with the owner of her gym, so they loaned us some equipment. I've got a friend who lives down the street who happens to be at her parents' house in Texas. So she's loaned me some stuff. So if I've got the ability to go to work, the ability to do fantasy football and dynasty with you all and, and, and work out, man, I'm cool. I'm, I'm totally digging it. Now, my wife, she is using things like Zoom, um, like Skype, Like uh, Microsoft Teams, I use that for work. The last two days, so here's a funny story. For the last two days, I've been having to work from home. They wanted to proactively clean the offices in which I worked, you know, just to make sure we're all working in a clean environment. And I told my boss today, we we were chatting by phone. I was like, I don't care what the story is. I'm going to the office. If you have to hire me to be a security guard to sit in my parking lot, I've got to tell my wife something. I cannot stay home two more days. I will kill you and our son. And I say that jokingly. I don't want anyone to call the local municipalities police department, but it's tough, man. I did it for two days. I could not imagine people who are doing it, but God bless you for doing it because that's what we need to do to get past this, man.
0: No, no, exactly. I mean, I mean, it's tough. I definitely have days where like, I'm just like, I gotta do something or get out there just feeling crappy about it. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm generally an introverted person, you know, I, I like to sit here and watch film and do all that. So it's actually been uh, I've actually had more time than I would have, you know, otherwise like a lot of people to actually dive further into the NFL draft and, and, you know, I, I I'm hoping that I can get, um, I've been actually writing, over. I've been actually writing over at 24 seven sports for Steel City Insider for the Steelers um, stuff over there and so they're asking me to do some positions you know on the defensive side that I don't watch as deeply as as the offensive skill guys so I'm trying to get a little more well-rounded this year that's something I haven't done probably for for four or five years
1: that's awesome so I gotta ask you a quick question so it came out that a Pittsburgh Steelers beat reporter from the athletic reputable source thinks that the Steelers will be taking a running back this draft and To me, is it possible? Sure, anything's possible, but they have six draft picks and about, at least as of the last time I looked, about $6 million in cap space. I I think it would just make more sense to try to grind out James Conner, Benny Snell, and Jalen Samuel for one more season. You know, that's all cheap labor. That's accounted for labor. But I've also seen mock drafts and people thinking that they could even go as high as a Jonathan Taylor at the 49th overall pick. I know they only have two day two picks. They have the 49th and the 102nd. What do you see them doing at the running back position for those dynasty owners uh, invested in James Conner?
0: I don't know if they're actually gonna take one at, at, at that second round pick. Yeah, I think one of the the bigger running backs would have to be there. I think one of those um, kind of top four and Taylor Swift Dobbins acres would have to be sitting there. And it's very possible, right? We've seen running backs fall in the past. Um, So I I I think that could be a consideration. Um, And like you said, I I actually think this year uh, we would still have that Connor – Samuel Snell kind of train, even if they take a Jonathan Taylor. I don't, I don't think it's I don't think it's like they would draft him and bring him in and prop him in. It's more for next year. Connor's not getting re signed. That money is not there. You know, like you, you quoted that that low cap number. They've been moving money around. And basically they're gonna keep moving money around till 2021 when uh Ben retires or is done, then they'll have the cash. So that's why I think this is out there because I think they want to draft someone to have for. Next year for you know 2021, um, does it have to be a guy of 49? I don't know. Now, the nice thing with the source is that there's not really any more holes on the team. Uh, tight end, they signed Eric Ebron, you know, um, nose tackle, they traded for Chris warmly. Um, you know, but Dupree's back, brushing the passer, maybe they could use a corner. Um, you know, offensive line is pretty well set, uh, they could definitely use someone there, but like. There's not a huge hole, so that's I, that's why I think it's out there. Um, I, I would be pretty surprised if they draft a running back at 49. I think it's going to happen. I think that 102 pick is a really nice spot. I think if a guy like A.J. Dillon is there or Antonio Gibson is there, I think they could go kind of to the extreme ends, but once someone with that athletic kind of spark um, type of score to, to bring in. So, I, you know, I think they've up the A.J. Dillon – Uh, type of guy for that next tier if they need it but uh man 49 seems high for the Steelers to kind of draft the what what probably would be uh, the third running back on their team this year
1: and I think we see this very much in line and I wanted to run this by you got a couple of uh random questions for you but I think the 2017 draft class and not just the the big names like Christian McCaffrey Dalvin Cook Joe Mixon, Alvin Kamara. But, you know, Kareem Hunt's still out there. James Conner, Tariq Cohen, Aaron Jones, Marlon Mack. That class, although very, very good at the top. I mean, elite when you talk about Christian McCaffrey, Cook, Kamara. But those guys like Marlon Mack, like Tariq Cohen, like James Conner... They're cheap enough and they're serviceable enough that the NFL will probably think, like my Colts, I'm a big Colts fan, like you're a Steelers fan, I could easily see them saying, hey, you know what, we're going to ride 2020 with Hines, Mack, and Wilkins, and we'll see what shakes out in 2021. And I think that there's going to be a lot of disappointed Devi and rookie pick hoarders because I think this 2017 class is going to hang on for one more year, and then next year the, that will be more of an opportunity to buy these 2020 running backs because a lot of these guys will lose their jobs. Does, does that theory hold water with you?
0: It does. You know, I think it's what's going to make rookie drafts really fun this year is that I don't think the situations for these running backs are going to be, you know, publicly on Twitter and articles as good as they should seem, right? I, there, There isn't many spots in the NFL that are really great for running backs to get drafted into right now right for like this year i mean I, I think i think the chiefs may even just just completely pass you know if you have teams like that just not draft one and you have You know, uh, some teams with maybe with that 2017 running back, they're not going to, you know, if the Colts draft a running back, Marlon Mack's the starter, right? You know, if the Steelers draft a running back, James Connors, the starter. So what what are you going to do in your rookie draft? And am I going to take, let's say this rumor is right about Steelers. Let's say they draft Jonathan Taylor. Am I taking him at the one one? Because I'm not getting anything out of him for a year, right? You know, are you going to do that? I think some people will. I think some people won't. Um, so that that's going to make it really fun. You know, I think to me, um, uh, that helps sometimes. Is I, I don't have to worry about situation. Let me just draft the talents, and like you said, in a year, that's when we can see this running back class emerge. I think that I think that could happen. Um, you know, or, or or they end up. You know, the Falcons could draft another guy. Now they got Gurley, and they got. You know, J.K. Dobbins, what are you going to do? You know, so um, I think that can actually be fun. I know maybe fantasy footballers will be disappointed, but I think it could be fun to see that play out. But I'm with you. I think it's 2017 class. There's so much talent. It's going to hang on. And then you start to start asking yourself, which of these guys are actually going to get re-signed? I mean, I think McCaffrey, Cook, and Kamara probably. Past that, I don't think there's a guarantee that that Fournette or, or Mixon um, – you know, gets gets re signed. Uh, and so, you know, Aaron Jones probably, but I don't know. You know, so I think next off season, like this offseason with quarterbacks was was really cool. I think next offseason running backs is gonna be where the
1: fun and free agency lies. I agree a hundred percent. And and from a dynasty standpoint, that's when you'll be able maybe you could you can't afford or you don't have the draft pick that would allow you to get Jonathan Taylor this year. You may be able to get him from what might be a disgruntled owner this time next year, right before your 2021 rookie draft, because he didn't do what we would think he was going to do. Because I agree with you, as far as landing spots, I have two really good ones. I have Miami, although they did sign Jordan Howard, and I have a Tampa Bay. Because Ronald Jones' blocking is not that good, and if you can't block for a 43-year-old quarterback, you're probably not going to see the field. Uh, I have one last question for you. It's right in your wheelhouse. So as I've been saying on our Patreon, that if you don't have the 2020 class dialed in at this point, three weeks out from the draft, you're probably, you're probably behind. Because as far as the 2020 class, you should have the hay in the barn. As the old saying goes, so who are we looking at in 2021 um, from a Debbie standpoint right now? Um, I know guys like Rondell Moore, he's a Purdue guy right here in my uh, my home state. Uh, Jamar Chase, um, I, I see a lot about the wide receivers. Obviously, Chuba should be next year, uh, Etn. But who else should we be looking at in the class of 2021?
0: Well, I actually have a 2021 mock draft up right now at Draftsite.com. So you have- um, draft sites. One of the other sites that I've started writing for, I just do doing mock drafts for them. So actually I have a 2021, a 2022, both seven round mocks and a 2023 one round mock uh, up on there, which I'm hoping to extend to seven uh, this April at some point getting those freshmen in there. But uh, so if you want to kind of look at what, where I kind of value guys, you know, it's not necessarily team matches, but um, the receiver class is phenomenal at the top. Um, I, I don't think it's as deep as 2020 is, but um, I, I do think that this receiver class is, is phenomenal. You, you mentioned Jamar Chase, who I like to a Julio Jones, you know, Rondell Moore, uh, Jalen Waddle for Alabama, I think might be a better prospect than Jerry Judy is. Um, and that's saying something, you know, so I think he's a first-round pick. You have Justin Ross from Clemson, who's going to kind of take over there, had an outstanding freshman season. Uh, uh You know, Rashad Bateman from Minnesota, potential first-round pick. Seth Williams for Auburn, a potential first-round pick. I mean, we could see, I think, six or seven first-round receivers, and I could go on, because I, I think there's a numerous amount of receivers. Tamari and Terry from Florida State. uh, Tylen Wallace from Oklahoma State was supposed to be a big one this year. Chris Alave from Ohio State. I think there's a lot of receivers. Are really talented. So if that's kind of an area you're hurting, uh I'd almost lean if you if you do have some 2020 picks, lean on the running back position even if the situations aren't great, then pivot to receiver in 2021. I think that could be a sound strategy. Um if, you know, running back wise, you mentioned some of the big guys. Um I I I like Puka Williams from Kansas. Uh we'll see where he goes. CJ Verdell from Oregon. Um, Keontae Ingram from Texas. I don't think the running back class is great. You know, I think we have kind of those guys that went back. Najee Harris from Alabama, a lot of people like. I'm not a big fan. Um, and then the last position I'll mention is tight end, much better, much, much better tight end class. Brevin Jordan from Miami, Pat Fryermuth from Penn State, two potential first round tight ends, um, uh, to go in the first round of the NFL draft in 2021. So, uh, that's good. You know, and I'll, I'll even say quarterback has some potential here. Obviously, we have the, kind of the big two. Trevor Lawrence is going to go number one overall. He's a stud in, you know, the next Andrew Luck in terms of talent coming out of college. And uh, Justin Fields from Ohio State has has it all. They were the two top high school recruits, going to be probably the top two picks in the NFL draft. So uh, it's a solid class in 2021 if everyone declares, right? Uh, Not everyone's going to declare, but I think the receivers are going to be really good. Running back, a little weaker. um, Quarterback good at the top and tight end much better than this year.
1: No, and you just painted a picture for me of like a strategy that I'm writing down. We call those a writer downer here at the Dynasty War Zone. And I'm going to really attempt to either, if I'm in that 110 to 202 range, try to trade back for a 2021 first. Um, if I don't like what's on the board, because I'm not going to not gonna force it, but I like it. You know, go ahead and get that running back. Maybe you have to wait a year. Maybe he basically redshirts in twenty twenty. And then next year, you got your running back and your wide receiver because the, the college football scene continues to pump out a lot of wide receiver talent. But listen, these people are here for buys. They're probably like, gee, many Christmas. I came here to hear who to buy in Dynasty. And these guys are just talking rookies and, every, and quarantine and you know coronavirus. So so tell me a guy you're paying up for right now, basically a guy that you'd pay now on the show earlier in the week with, with Izzy of the Dynasty Trade Calculator. We talked about guys you'd take – Twenty cents on the dollar less. You you take eighty cents on the dollar. Who's a guy you'd pay up for that that you think would even though you're paying a bit of a premium this year, that you'll be able to still turn a profit if you want to in twelve months.
0: There, when when I read this question, there's one guy that jumped out to me, and it's not a player. Two years ago, I would have said this about, but it's Tyler Boyd, uh, receiver for the Bengals, right? Because to me. He is kind of this player that people look at and, you know, he's not Keenan Allen. He doesn't have that history of, you feel like this is a solid fantasy producer, but we've seen him be a solid fantasy producer with Andy Dalton at quarterback for the Bengals the past two years. And no matter what Miami tries, I don't think they're going to be trading up to number one to get Joe Burrow. Uh, and so if we have Joe Burrow in Cincinnati, and I think even the rumors you can use to your advantage and try to get Boyd. But if someone's a little bit squeamish about since not having a uh, quarterback, uh, I think Tyler Boyd's a perfect fit with Joe Burrow, right? The guy that can play in the slot that knows how to get open, that uh, uses his hands really well, you know, and um, he's kind of a perfect target that I think Burrow's going to lock on to early. And so when you say, hey, here's a guy that I'm going to pay a little bit more for, uh, because I think that that value is going to go up on him after the season. I think that value is going to go up on him in this off season Once those reports about how good Joe Burrow has come out and he actually gets drafted and we have a real offensive system in place. So uh, Boyd's a guy I'm excited about that. I think some people might be a little bit lower on and you could probably pay a little bit more while I'm a little bit with a trade and it can really work out for you value wise.
1: No. And, and I'm starting to grow on this, just Joe Burrow. Um, I was listening to Greg Cosell on the Ross Tucker Show today as I was quarantined here in my fine home. And he has Burrow ahead of Tua. And he, and he's a film guy. And he was just talking about his decisiveness and, and the way that he, he plays the game, about the amount of time that it took him. I heard an interview with Urban Meyer about why it took him as long to break out. And, and I'm slowly getting sold. I don't buy into the health of A.J. Green. I kind of feel bad for A.J. Green, but I, I'm starting to turn the corner on Tyler Boyd. I'm not sure that, that you've sold me yet, but he's going to be clearly the guy there, unless. The only way that I could see that going bad for you is if they were to take his college teammate, Justin Jefferson, with the first pick of the second round. If he have If Jefferson happens to make it that long, now I've seen Jefferson mocked Anywhere from 21 to the Eagles, all the way to you know uh, the Packers later at the back end of the first round, but for some reason he slips through the cracks and winds up in Cincinnati. That could be the only thing. But you're 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 turning me, man. You're you're turning me on Tyler Boyd. I said I'd never go there, but uh, but you got me. Um, My guy, and this should come as no surprise to listeners of the Dynasty War Zone, but it's Terry McLaren, and and how high is high? Um, If you use the Dynasty Trade Calculator, which is the one calculator service that I'm a fan of, there are many. I like the accuracy and the fairness of it. Terry McLaren's going for 16.2. That's basically a a late first, if you will. The the super high-end wide receivers, the DJ Moore's like a 33, and Devonta Adams is in the 40s. So is Tyreek Hill. I would not be surprised if Terry McLaren this year didn't double his value in Dynasty. couple of reasons why um, they brought in Kyle Allen as the backup quarterback, which Kyle Allen was the guy who force-fed 135 targets in 14 games to D.J. Moore last year. Oh, speaking of Carolina and last year, their offensive coordinator, yeah, you've heard this before too, Scott Turner. He's the new offensive coordinator there. He is going to pepper this man with targets, even if they bring someone in. I am not overly concerned. I would actually like to see them bring someone in to help Terry McLaren uh, not see quite the level of coverage that I think defensive coordinators will give. Dallas, one of the, the teams that he plays twice a year, they lost their best corner. And Byron Jones, he's now in Miami. I don't think Philly's secondary is great. Neither is, is New York's. So his division alone is going to give you six games of what should be excellent performance. And I just really like everything about the kid. Um, I, think, I think you're buying equity, so even if you bought him for the 108, which may be a tad of an overpay, I'm totally fine with that. If I had a choice between him and like a Clyde Edwards Hilaire and a Superflex draft, man, that's easy. Give me Terry McLaren. Uh, Shane, I know we've had you on before, and I'm sure I've gotten the words Terry McLaren out of your mouth, but what do you think about Terry here?
0: I'm I'm a fan. I think he's a great player. You know, um, all all feelings aside, you know, I I graduated from Ohio State, so I definitely have followed these guys that they've recruited since high school. McLaren's been one. I thought he was super impressive as a senior, despite kind of the volatility. Um, And just the fact for him to produce how he produced last year and and what I look back at as – Man, what a terrible offense that was! I mean, it was so bad in Washington, and for him to produce how he did um, consistently, and then once once you start producing, now defenses know you're the guy. Um, I, I was I was really impressed, you know. So I, I'm I'm with you. I like him, you know. My one fear is the offense, like you said. I think Scott Turner is going to be a big help to that. Hopefully, they can turn this thing kind of around. It's going to require more weapons. It's going to require a better offensive line can they do that? Uh, let me ask you, would you, how, or how bad of a team for you to have, or, you know, before you would give say a a 2021 first straight up for McLaren, would you give any, any 2021 first, no matter your, your team makeup, or, um, is there a certain kind of point for that?
1: Well, first I'll preface this with saying super flex that tends to be all but one or two of the leagues that I'm in are super flex. So I would not take, him over any of the three quarterbacks, and for me that's Herbert, Tua, and Burrow, I would not take him over the big four running backs, which would be acres JT, Swift, and Dobbins. And then I would it would to me, honestly, it would it would come down to where C.D. Lamb and or Jerry Judy went. It would be landing spot dependent because I've seen Terry McLaren do it with bad quarterback play to mediocre quarterback play. And I don't have to wonder how he translates to the NFL. I don't have to wonder if he was part of a you know, of a tremendous offense in Oklahoma with uh, yeah, L- Lincoln, Riley. Lincoln Riley. Thank you. Lincoln Riley, I don't have to wonder if he was just part of a, a really awesome committee in Alabama with Henry Ruggs. And I know um, the, the Devonta kids there uh, as well as Jerry Judy, although I really like Jerry Judy. So yeah, it would have to be in like that 108 range.
0: What, what about for a future first? What about for 2021?
1: Yeah, I, I would do that. I mean, now if yeah. I thought no, if I thought my team was an absolute dumpster fire, I mean like right. a, like a complete You know, team. I've
0: had some of those. So. I
1: I I have seen you in action, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I if I thought it was going to be like top 4 or 5, I probably wouldn't. Now, I recently, so in a team complete dumpster fire, um one Jerry and uh Kevin Cattello roped me into. It was a dispersal from last year, and this team was just a mess. I and it's a super flex. I traded Jace Sternberger and Matt Ryan to a guy who should be a contender for Mitch Trubisky and Terry McLaren. I had no problem moving Matt Ryan at 35 years old. Um I didn't want to move picks. He he wanted one of my first for him. He wanted the one ten this year. And I was like, buddy, you need a quarterback. I was able to work with him. So it, it would be hard. It would be hard for me to overpay because people know who my favorite players are. Obviously, I ho- host this podcast. A lot of my league mates listen so they can leverage this against me. But that it would be right there, right around that 107 um, pick for me.
0: I think it's fair. And you know, I, so I think it makes it better sometimes when your league mates know who you like and you still win. And then it's just even greater, right?
1: Well, I, I bragged on Twitter last week in this very league I'm talking about. I finally assembled the team of Cortland Sutton, DJ Moore, and Terry McLaren. I've got my wide receiver core. I can start working on my running backs. Uh, obviously, my, I've got Mitch Trubisky as my QB, too. My uh, my QB room needs some, uh, some work, but I've got plans for one Trevor Lawrence who we've already mentioned. All right, so those are some of the guys that we're willing to pay up for a little bit. Who, uh, who is your against the grain guy, a guy that like Twitter just absolutely despises, but, but man, you, you just see value in them and that you're going to jump in there and, and pick this guy up because you think that he's going to contribute for you.
0: Right now, for me, I think it's David Johnson. Um, He's he's a player that I'm willing to go and buy. I feel like everyone has kind of just completely soured on him as a player, right? You know, he burned so many, myself included, um, years ago, and you know, even last year again for some people. But I, I still have faith that he has a little bit in the tank left. You know, I mean, he he didn't play very much last season. Um, uh, so I think he's a little fresher than people think. He's only 28. Um, and I, I like the situation in Houston. I mean, without DeAndre Hopkins now, uh, who, who are the weapons? Well, Fuller's gonna play five games this year, right? Randall Cobb stinks, and may, maybe they'll bring someone in, but they don't have many picks to do that. So I think David Johnson is going to end up with a lot of passes his way uh, for, for the next, you know, two, three years and be a, a mainstay of that offense. Um, I know like that, that trade was ridiculous for Bill O'Brien to do. I don't think anyone's on the other side, but to me, uh, some of that perception of, uh, you know, Bill O'Brien screwed up and getting David Johnson for DeAndre Hopkins, you know, all, all of this. Yeah, you're right. But, I think Dave Johnson's still a nice buy and people might just sour on him because of that deal because of the last couple years um, when really, you know, last year's he was not a good fit for that that offense. Um, I thought he would be and he was not. And uh, to trade that, to get him, they're gonna use him. You know, they're absolutely gonna use him. So uh, I'll, I'll take him I'll take the chance again.
1: Well, I threw him in the calculator real quick while you were chatting and he's worth about a, a, an early second. And the reason why I like David Johnson, especially if you've already got him on your roster, is just to your point, uh, DeAndre Hopkins left 160 targets on average when he went to Arizona. And Bill O'Brien, the head coach, he has to do two things based on all the moves that that he's made. He has to make sure that David Johnson produces. Why? Because his job's on the line. And if David Johnson doesn't eat, they probably don't do well they don't do well, he gets fired. You see how this works? So he's got every incentive under the sun to make sure David Johnson looks like a stud. Hey, we're going to put him in the slot. We're going to line him and Duke Johnson up in the backfield at the same time. And one's going to you know jog out to the slot and, and, and run those routes. I'm with you, man. If you can get a, a guy uh, like him that can produce, yes, I don't think that two uh, 400 points from week Uh, From excuse me, from year 2016 is walking through the door, but I think he's certainly a guy that will produce for you now, and he might give you a real nice sell window in the middle of the season if that's something that you want to do. So, I'm 100% with you on David Johnson. I'm going to hit you with my guy, and I, I really struggle as to why Twitter hates him. I mean, maybe it's because he's handsome, maybe it's because he's making an obscene amount of money, but for me, it's Jared Goff. It's not his fault that the the Rams are like, hey, here, dude, take $130 million. What's he supposed to do, say no? No, man, no thank you. Why don't you pay me $26 million? No. In this world, you get every penny you can get. But this is a guy who the last three years was Sean McVay. He's finished as QB 13 overall, QB 7 overall, and QB 12 overall. I mean, the the dude attempted a career-high 626 attempts last year. And he completed a career-high Uh, 394 of those. And he had 4,600 yards passing. The difference is he had only 22 TDs versus 32 and 28 the previous two years. On top of all that, if you're using him in your roster, on your lineups this year and on your roster, that defense lost five starters. Now they got Michael Brockers back, the deal with the Ravens fell through. Anyway, he's back. But what draft capital they have, I think they've got five or six picks. They're really going to put all of that into the defense. They, they kind of have to. And then if the defense is bad, we know Arizona can score points. We know San Francisco can score points. And we know Seattle can score points. So what does that mean? It means he's going to be putting the ball in the air. He's going to have to be making things happen. He's a guy that you can get, honestly, for QB2 prices that can literally, and has for basically three years in a row, I mean, he did have the one QB 13 season, but three years in a row, he's given you QB 1 results at a guy I think you can get for QB 2 prices, just because the perception is, is he's overrated and overpaid. I don't care. At the end of the day, it's about putting points in my fantasy roster. I've already got a couple of shares, and rest assured, I'm out there fishing for more. Where are you at with golf?
0: And man, I, I've been in on golf from from the beginning. He was um, one of one of my favorite prospects that that I've um, you know that have scouted when he was coming out, and and there were some people that didn't like him. And then after that first year, I remember everyone just bashing him to hell. I, I bought him, and I had him in so many best ball leagues that second year when he broke back out and was really good when McVay came in. Um, you know, I'm, I'm with you. I think it's easy to talk yourself out of him, you know, but like you said, perception and the reality of numbers is a lot different. Is Jared Goff, Aaron Rodgers? No. Does he have to be to put up fantasy points for me? He doesn't have to be half of that. Right. Um, He's, he's going to throw the ball and they're not getting rid of him. You know, he's not going anywhere. Uh, His, his ship is tied to, to Sean McVay for, for their careers. And that, that is what it is. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of been, I think you've kind of inspired me maybe to, to, to go out and some of my super flexes and try to, uh, try to try to grab them because, um, man, p- people just hate on them hard.
1: It, it, it's amazing. And I, I found a big success with that in super flex drafts is this find the QBs. Everybody hates literally I, I've done it, you know, several years in a row in rookie drafts. I've gotten tons of Josh Allen, tons of Daniel Jones. I'm, I'm collecting more Jared Goff. For whatever reason, find the quarterback in a good situation, and I I don't care what you think about Jared Goff. You're going to be hard-pressed to find a receiver with better weapons than Woods, Cook, and Cup, plus Higby emerged. Um, Don't know what they're doing with the running back yet, but I think Daryl Henderson can catch passes. The offensive line, probably an area they're going to invest in, in in this draft, I'm all in there, but I'm going to stay in a team that used to play in LA, now they play in Las Vegas in a stadium that looks like a black Roomba, and that is the Oakland Raiders. Now this is a guy, this is what we call a top shelf guy, Uh, and a top shelf guy to me is a guy that's going in like the top two rounds of a startup. And for me, that's Josh Jacobs. Now Josh Jacobs had a tremendous rookie season I'll ask you Shane before I, I tell you why I'm buying Josh Jacobs. Where did he go in that startup? Do you recall?
0: I actually took him, uh, so <laughs> so so i guess I guess uh, I guess that means that that i'm I'm right with you there. i think think I ended up taking him in the second round of the draft at two eleven. I got him. So it, I mean I, I thought that was a steal at that point, and I went for him
1: that that and that's right in line with a. Um, a, a guy that I would consider top shelf. That, that, that top 25 players overall in a super flex startup because he would go much higher than 24, I guess in this case 23 overall, if you pull out some of those quarterbacks like a Mahomes, like a Watson, a Kyler, um, a Lamar Jackson. So you know, he, he would easily be a top 20 player in, in a 1QB. So in the calculator, he's worth 343 but I start looking at premium running backs in the league, and Zeke's worth 50 percent more than that. He's worth a 51. Alvin Kamara is worth 47. Um, I don't think he'll ever reach Barkley or Christian McCaffrey, you know, levels. They're both around 70, and uh, Nick Chubb's 45. You know, Nick Chubb going into year three is a very hot name, and I th- I think that's where we'll be. So even though he is a top shelf guy. That will tote a top shelf price. At a 34 to kind of translate the calculator, that's about two mid first round picks. Actually, a little bit less, but we'll just use that for easy math. I don't think I would have a hard time paying that, especially with the running back situations that Shane and I just laid out. I think the kid's uber talented, and there's only going to be a handful of guys that I would take over him. I would actually, in most cases, we talked about selling Nick Chubb on the previous show. Uh, when we had Izzy on, I would much rather have Josh Jacobs and a little bit of the perceived plus that I could get with Josh Jacobs than I would Nick Chubb. I I think the points per game will be very similar week in and week out for my lineup. And I think I get a little bit of uh, cheese on my, my burger, if you know what I'm saying. So Shane, obviously I know you're a Jacobs guy. Did I leave any selling or buying features out on Jacobs? And then Hoover's the the top shelf guy you're buying? The
0: only other thing I'll add on Jacobs is that, you know, John Gruden has come out and said they want to use him in a passing game even more this season. That's kind of the next step. To me, that's gold. I mean, that is gold, right, if you can get more PPR points out of him. Uh, so, so I'm right with you, and, and I like that, you know, Chubb to Jacobs move might be might be a, a real savvy move. Um, the, the guy that I'm going to point out is is really expensive, is really high, um, but I think I think it's gonna pay dividends, and that's DeAndre Hopkins. You know, I think with Michael Thomas's season last year, when you look at, at startups after that trade, um, some people are kind of shying away from DeAndre Hopkins as the top receiver in in fantasy football. Right? He's he's kind of done um, with having that shelf, especially now being in Arizona. I've definitely seen him, you know, in our startup, obviously was super flex. He fell into the second round um, to me that this, this, this is a buy and it's a difficult buy. You need a lot to get him, but I, I really love that cliff Kingsbury offense. I bought into it heavy last season. I drafted Kyler Murray, a lot of places, uh, Christian Kirk in, in a lot of places, which was up and down, but um, the targets are going to be there. They're going to pass. They're going to be fast paced he's going to still get those, those targets that he was getting in Houston. Um, and I think now you have an explosive offense where he, he can't be doubled every, every play where you can't have that safety, keeping that watchful eye over on Hopkins side all the time, because they're going to put five receivers on the field. They're going to put, you know, four guys in Kenyon Drake, and you're going to have to represent that. So um, I think Deandre Hopkins this season is going to have, and this is a bold, bold prediction, I think he's going to have his best season ever in the NFL in fantasy football. So to me, uh, I'll, I'll trade. If I have a high end, if I have a Devontae Adams, I have a Michael Thomas, I'm going to go get DeAndre Hopkins, and then I think I can even resell him next year. And you may have a guy that's a little bit scared about a change in situation. To me, this is an upgrade in situation. Uh, because of the offense that's being run and um, that, you know, the, the talent that's going to be there. Uh, he's so skilled. So, um, you know, I, I'm in, it's, it's, it's a, it's a top shelf guy, but uh, I think he's going to be, you know, uh, uh, the highest point of that shelf pretty soon.
1: Well, the one thing about DeAndre Hopkins that I absolutely love is that he's basically bulletproof with the exception of Brock Osweiler, no quarterback play Tom Savage uh, being one of the worst. I think there was a TJ Yates in there at one point. Um, and all the way to the, to the very good quarterback play with Deshaun Watson and everything in between he's always produced except Brock Osweiler. But Hey man, what are you going to do? Even Superman had his kryptonite. This guy's been top five, four years uh, out of the last five. Again, the only year he wasn't was the Osweiler year and I could see it. And, And I think that you could get a deal I think that you could get a deal on him now. I think if you're a savvy owner and this is something that I've always preached uh, as long as I've done the show is you got to put on your salesman cap. You got to put on your your bartering cap and you got to go to a trade table and you got to be able to say, "Listen, you know, find every negative I've ever said about this move for him." well, is he going to get his 160 targets? And you know, what does this look like in the offense? And I couldn't possibly pay that. You know, I'll give you 80 cents on the dollar for DeAndre Hopkins. Then he has a good year. And then if you want to cash out next year going into his age 29 season, he'll probably be able to do it. I I, I think that's how you would approach it. If, if you were going to trade for him, right?
0: Right. This is an investment. And I think, you know, you if- you give it a year or two, you can cash back out on that. And, and I almost think, I think it's the same thing with running backs, especially we're seeing with, you know, Todd Gurley's fall. I think even with receivers, it's not a bad idea to keep shifting around with those top guys, getting, um getting someone else to, to move in there. And then when that hits, like you said, next year, take Hopkins, resell him, get a little bit younger, um get a better, get a good situation. I think you can do that. I think his, his his value is going to be there.
1: All right. Well, I'm I'm back on the fence, much like Tyler Boyd. You've you've put me on the fence, and I was on sell, DeAndre Hopkins. But I, you you make a damn good, compelling case. All right. I I cannot not have you on and not talk about rookies for a minute. Um, I would I'll, I'll love to get you back on after the draft. I want to get you into one of the mocks with us. I, I want mm-hmm. you to to uh, to have some of these guys in here and lay lay some of that. I've been do, you know working with these guys for four years smack down uh, on some people so uh, who is the rookie regardless of landing spot who you are buying no matter what well you actually
0: mentioned him earlier but it's justin jefferson the receiver from lsu uh he he's the guy that i'm buying no matter what um and i don't think that he's necessarily you know deandre hopkins or michael thomas but no matter where he ends up, I think Justin Jefferson has the skill set to be an elite number two wide receiver for that team. And, you know, with the way passing is moving, um, he's, he's going to catch a lot of passes. You know, I think he was overshadowed at LSU um, by Jamar Chase. And honestly, the way that Justin Jefferson runs his routes, the speed that he showcased the combine, um, the way that he uses his cuts. Uh, I think a lot of times, and, and I, I love Joe Burrow, but I think a lot of times Justin Jefferson uh, made life a lot easier for Joe Burrow. When Joe Burrow needed that kind of bailout, um, Jefferson was that first look. He's a guy that when the play broke down, had, was savvy enough to get open and improvise and catch a, catch a pass. You know, he's kind of Mr. Reliable. And and those are players that um, I love to go out and get. I, I, don't think Justin Jefferson is going to end up being, you know, a high top six rookie pick, probably not a top eight, maybe not even a first round rookie pick. And so um, he's going to be a player that, that I might want to jump up a couple picks into the late first and grab him. If he ends up as the number two uh, for the Packers, you know, he, he ends up um, even, even as we mentioned before, if he ends up in Cincinnati, you know, as, as the, the number two, Ultimately to Boyd, uh, like you said, I think AJ Green's close to being done with those injuries. You know, I think Jefferson's going to emerge as a real fantasy asset as a PPR asset, I think he's going to catch a ton of passes. uh, And I think the upside is is out there. And when I think the narrative will be hey, this, this, this guy's a number two receiver. And I agree, he's an elite number two receiver on your team, but I think that potential's there. You know, a, a, guy, a guy that I heard that about was Michael Thomas coming out. And I don't think Justin Jefferson's gonna be that. No one is. But um, sometimes when we are scouting players who are the number twos on their team and feel like, oh, this is kind of their upside, sometimes that upside you know, Because Jamar Chase is on that team, we didn't get to see that full upside of Justin Jefferson. And I'm telling you, when he was on the field, uh, there are a lot of times when he was the best receiver on that field. So I- I'm buying him. I don't think the price is going to be super expensive. Um, part of me even hopes for a, uh, kind of a bad landing spot so he can fall in rookie draft some. Uh, you know, I'm in on that and I can scoop him up. And I, I think this is a guy that could catch 80, 90 passes uh, a year and, you know, give you, give you that big boost and be a, t- be a, be a guy that scores touchdowns too. So uh, I'm in on Justin Jefferson this year.
1: Well, you mentioned Michael Thomas and I referred to earlier, I heard the uh, Urban Meyer interview. So he was being asked about Michael Thomas and he basically said, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here that he was kind of surprised that Michael Thomas turned into what he did after his first two years that he didn't think he had quite lived up to his potential and, You know, some people in his life, you know, helped him, and then all of a sudden he had a a, you know a good year. Fast forward, he winds up in the New Orleans with the Saints, and you know, Coach Payton and Drew Brees, and now all of a sudden he's the highest-paid wide receiver in the in the league. You know, and and Urban Meyer was like, I never really thought I would see that. He's like, but that's the power of environment. So I know a lot of these guys are super talented. Anyone who makes the NFL is super talented, but that's why landing spot matters. And you know, if Justin Jefferson goes to Philadelphia, which was, I think the CBS mock I was reading this morning, I mean, when I was working from home and I was on lunch this morning, um, reading that mock draft that if he goes to Philadelphia, you know, with Doug Peterson and with Carson Wentz and surrounded by Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. And, you know, even though Alshon Jeffrey's a shell of himself, he's still a viable weapon to Jackson's still there. Uh, a lot of good talent around him, and a lot of good culture and organization. So, don't underestimate the power of these landing spots, and, and let that be the reason why you reach up a half around for a guy you really like. Don't assume that he'll be there. And the guy that I'm doing that with is Michael Pittman Jr. I liked him coming out of college. Uh, I've said it before; he was my first ever Devy pick in this, you know, quasi Devy league I've gotten Jerry roped into. Um, but he's a lot better athlete than people than people thought 73rd spark X athlete um, decent 40 for a six foot four guy he ran a 4'5". Um, elite catch radius elite speed score for his size good agility well above average for for his size and people have been waiting for it and they want to know who is Memphis's 2020 Terry Mclaren who is my 2020. Cooper Cup, who is that wide receiver that I love, uh, that I'm planting the flag on, and I finally decided it's Michael Pittman Jr. Saw him in a mock draft today going to my Colts. I saw him in another one going to the Vikings. Again, I would love a guy like this with his work ethic and his passion for blocking. It'll get him on the field and, and put him out there with a Frank Reich. I don't necessarily love Minnesota, but that is a good organization, and Kirk Cousins is a guy who completes 70% of his passes. So uh, a guy like this will go a little bit further down, but I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm walking out with all the Michael Pittman. Um, I know you've talked a little bit before about Michael Pittman, but you're a fan. I'm a huge fan. He's, he's my wide receiver eight right now, which is,
0: is pretty high for Michael Pittman. I think, you know, a lot of people have for some reason just overlooked him. I mean, this, this past season, what an incredible season! When you're going through quarterbacks, you're moving to it to a true freshman in Kadon Slavis. You don't know what you're getting. You know Michael Pittman was the rock of that USC offense, and um, he he is athletic. He has great hands. His his catch technique so good. You know I, I think um, I, I think he's gonna be a really good football player in the NFL. Like I, I'm on board. I have him av- above a LaVisca Chenault you know I, I, I give me Michael Pittman give me someone that I know is going to put in that effort and consistency uh and, and I'll make do with that so um I, I'm, I'm right there with you I'm a big fan and, and and I think this only helps cement to me too that uh that Michael Pittman's legit
1: well I'm, I'm, I'm gonna give you one other one that I almost chose um shout out to my man Ray GQ Ray Garvin of the DLF and the uh Destination Devi podcast I almost went Darrington Evans Ray has been uh, inflating this guy all over the place. Ray, I really wish you would stop. Your voice has a a large echo and people are catching on. Um, And then I was listening to Greg Cosell today, and and I cannot tell you how much I love Greg Cosell because he doesn't give a rat's ass about fantasy football. He just tells you what the tape shows and and what he sees with his decades of experience. And he, he used the term, I find Darrington Evans fascinating. And, and he'll have a, a, a tremendous role on an NFL team. And I was like, all right, I'm sold. If you try to take Darrington Evans in front of me, we're going to get into a fist fight. And the other one is your man. And I'm going to continue to say this name because uh, when he hits, uh, he's going to get credit. I've seen he's been on a few NFL visits before the visits were shut down. I know he visited with the New York Jets. And that's James Robinson. So anything on Evans or Robinson before we get you out of here?
0: I mean, I've talked about Robinson before on here. Just, uh, I'm, I'm a big fan. I watched him as a junior at Illinois State, just dominate that, um, you know, the, that FCS competition. So to me, that that's always an indicator. Hey, this guy, he's going to go late in the NFL draft, but uh, so he's going to be super cheap in rookie drafts. So I'll take him into the roster. It'd be great, and, and I like Darrington Evans too. I have them pretty close. I think Robinson's my. RB10, Evans is my RB12. Um, so I think both get drafted in that third day. I think both have have shown that they can um, compete and dominate against weaker competition and produce, you know, consistently produce yards, touchdowns, receptions. You know, that's the nice thing about both these guys is they're well-rounded, right? And so um, even, even if it's not... You know, look, some, sometimes you hope a guy will become a, a, a stud, but in today's NFL, they don't have to be a workhorse running back. If Robinson or Evans gets a role catching passes, coming in on second, third downs, coming in when a guy's injured, um, you know, th- these could be flex players you can get in the f- fifth, sixth round of rookie drafts. I mean, that, that, that's a win, and uh, they're going to be cheap, and th- I, I'll take talent and cheap all day. <laughs>
1: Well, I I think Evans is going to be going in that that mid-third-ish range. And don't let me catch listeners of the Dynasty Warzone slipping out there and taking guys like K.J. Hamler or Donovan Peoples-Jones over Derrington Evans. I will find you, and we will have an ugly, ugly conversation. Because, again, draft running backs, and you can trade for these wide receivers later. Because, you know, and to go back to uh, James Robinson Remember back in 2017, we referred to that class earlier. You know who was an undrafted free agent in that class? Austin Eckler. There's always extra talent to find, and if you like a guy like James Robinson, I am. I've got. I I made a trade the other day where I sent Sony Michelle for a mid second, a 2021 20, third, and like a 507. And I'm like, there's my James Robinson pick. He will become uh, on team Memphis right there because. I would much rather have the running back. So, all right, man, I appreciate you joining me. I will tell Jerry that you send your love, but uh, tell us about everything that you got going on from fake pigskin to the Steelers thing and just and and the wire, everything in between.
0: Sure, I'm all over the place. So obviously Twitter is the best place to find me at at Shane P. Hallam. Um, You can tweet at me. You know i just tweeted a controversial thing today everyone's yelling at me so it, it's fun um but uh i'm writing over a fake pigskin that's where i have my final seven round mock draft the week of and my top 100 board uh for the huddle report um draft contest uh, I also am doing mock drafts at Draftsite.com. So I have a seven-round 2021, seven-round 2022. If you're looking for Debbie and a one-round 2023, I'll be expanding as time goes on. And then, yeah, I'm writing over at Steel City Insider 24/7 Sports. So if you Google Steel City Insider, um, you know it's uh, you can see some my articles, some free, some not. But uh, focusing on the Steelers and the draft and all of that. So. Um, look, it, it was, it's a good time, my man. It's a good time. Memphis, as always, dude. This is this is fun, and I can't wait, you know, to af- after the draft to come back. I'd love to be part of the mock show and um, and and break down where these guys went, and and that's 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 the fun. That's why I love the draft.
1: Well, well, first of all, I I, I hate to say that a guy with over sixteen thousand followers on Twitter is grossly underfollowed, but this man is grossly underfollowed. If you're not following him, you're truly Truly missing out because he is a go-to for me, and you mentioned that mock draft. I think I'm gonna, you know, do like I do at work. Is I'm just gonna put it out there on the calendar. I'm just gonna go ahead and send like a Google Calendar invite to everybody. Man, I would love nothing more than to get you back, uh, Ray GQ. Get Ray Garvin to come back on with us. Kane, Nick Whalen, um, throw Jerry in there. Jerry's got that Devi experience, and I'll just moderate. I'll be the Roger Goodell of this mug. I'll be like. With the third pick in the Dynasty War Zone post-NFL draft rookie mock, Shane Hallam selects, and, you know, I'll, I'll be happy to do that and just moderate and, and, and have a good time. But for sure, man, because you are an absolute go-to for me. Dude, make sure you check out everything Shane's got going on. And uh, I'll say it for Jerry. On behalf of Jerry, Shane, and myself, here at the Dynasty War Zone, we're just trying to make the world a better place for fantasy football. We'll see you back here next week. Thanks, guys.